0: Welcome to the uk travel planning podcast your host is the founder of the uk travel planning website tracy collins in this podcast tracy shares destination guides travel tips and itinerary ideas as well as interviews with a variety of guests who share their knowledge and experience of uk travel to help you plan your
1: perfect uk vacation join us as we explore the uk from cosmopolitan
0: cities to quaint villages from historic castles to beautiful islands and from the picturesque countryside to seaside towns. Welcome to episode 82 of the UK Travel Planner Podcast. It's lovely to have you here. I'm actually recording this podcast from a damp and rainy UK. but I'm very excited with this episode to have a fellow Aussie on the podcast. So we have Tanya, who has recently returned from a 35-day trip to the UK and the Republic of Ireland and Singapore on the way back. Tanya has agreed to come onto the podcast today and tell us all about her trip. So, Tanya, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us who you went with on the trip and whereabouts you're from. Okay, so as Tracy just said, my name's Tanya and I'm married to John. So, John and I went
1: on the trip. We come from sunny Brisbane, Australia, so not too far from where Tracy's from. And so, yeah, I travel with John to the UK. We have adult kids and we're just a tiny bit over 50, and we love traveling.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. I know. And um, I know we've, we've known each other as well for a quite a few years, haven't we, Tanya? Yes. Yes. Uh, so it was it was brilliant when you uh, started planning this trip that you joined the Facebook group and and yes. um, started looking at, at all our resources and everything. But we'll talk about that in a bit. But do you want to give us a brief overview of where you went?
1: Yeah, sure. So the trip was about five and a half weeks long, although we lost a couple of days flying because obviously coming from Australia, it's a long way and you do lose days. Um, so we flew into London, but for, we didn't stay in London. We went straight to Bath. So we did some travelling around that sort of southern part of England. And then we caught a plane across to Dublin and we actually took a bus tour around Northern Ireland and Ireland, which was fabulous. And then we jumped on a plane again, flew to... Edinburgh had a couple of days in Edinburgh and then again hired a car like we had in the south of England and we did a road trip around the Scottish Highlands once we'd finished there we finished at Inverness and caught a train down to York for a couple of days and then to London for six nights and then we chuffed off to Singapore on the way home so that's the trip in a nutshell obviously there's way more detail oh yeah um, yeah we can go into
0: (laughs) later on so how did you choose, because I know one of the biggest things that people say when they're choosing the destinations that they want to actually go to in the UK, because it can be overwhelming because there's so many places to yeah. visit. Um, so how did you choose the actual destinations to include in your itinerary?
1: Yeah, we've actually found that quite difficult. Originally we were going to just go for three weeks and we thought we'd do you know, a week in London, a bit of England, a bit of Wales, a little bit of Scotland. But as we got to know more about each of the places we're like oh hang on a minute we need to go here there and everywhere and I guess we got to know about the places largely initially through your Facebook page just following things on there and particularly seeing other people's itineraries I mean obviously the big ticket London Edinburgh Dublin they were on there but some of the more regional and smaller places and we've not heard of them and I look at our trip now and I think probably Oh, two-thirds of the places we went, 12 months ago I hadn't even actually heard of some of those places or I might have heard of them but I didn't know what they had to offer. So that was largely through the Facebook group initially that I kind of heard of these places and then yep. from that we did further research. Using your products and sometimes other people's um, yes. as, as well but largely yours.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you find the websites helpful?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So once we'd nutted down, um, you know, we wanted to go to this place, like Bath or Cornwell or isle of sky we'd sort of we'd we'd taken what we could from the, the facebook page but then i'd actually go to your website and have a look on what articles you'd written about those sorts of things also with the itinerary we used the website quite early on to look at i think you had some suggested itineraries there um, so you've probably noticed a lot of places we went to are on your train itinerary because when we first started out, that was probably what we were going to do, the train itinerary. But then as time went on and saw about people hiring cars and whatnot, we kind of changed it a bit. But We probably actually started out doing a lot of that train itinerary. And we swapped out Wales. Um, so we didn't go to Wales at all, unfortunately, and it really was just a time factor. And it was because I just loved so much about Cornwall and I really wanted to go to Cornwall and particularly uh, St Michael's Mount I just wanted to do it and it's it's a reasonable drive down there from oh, yeah. the path we were in yeah. and so something had to give so we had to make that choice and so we crossed out Wales to do Cornwall.
0: I think that happens. It doesn't matter how long you're going for, there's always yeah. something that you're going to have to kind of, you have to drop. It's very difficult to, to yeah. fit. And I know even just when you sit and start thinking, out, you know, we're over there, we're going to be over there for six weeks in November, December and yeah. I've, I've just come back for three months. It even still. Yeah. <laughs> in my itinerary. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's gonna to have to be here or it's gonna be there because I'm not gonna be able to fit it all in. No, you can't. Um so obviously you said you, you obviously use the Facebook group and you find the websites really helpful. So that's mm-hmm. brilliant to know. Mm-hmm. So that's great, because that's that's what we yeah. want to do. Yeah. And obviously I know you, you, you were just talking to me before we start the podcast that yeah. you listened to the yeah. podcast as well and found those really helpful. So should we talk a little bit in more detail about your itinerary? Yeah, sure. So yep. we got
1: to London and I think I got this advice from you on another trip a few years ago actually or maybe someone else, but, you know, sometimes don't start with a big city, do you say that? Yeah. Go to somewhere yes. smaller. So we did that a few years back with Italy and we kind of love that because, you know, you're quite tired and jet lagged and that when you first get there and dealing. And, and, look, I've been to London before and dealing with London when you've just had this massive, big, long trip is really quite challenging. So we had decided to go from London straight to Bath. So we got into Heathrow and we're going to catch a train to Bath. Well, train strike the day we arrived. What's the chances? But anyway, train train strikes did cause us a bit of grief. So I think I got in contact with Doug going, Ah Um So both you and Doug have been so helpful. Um so we decided, you know, he talked about either a private driver or or a bus. And the private driver was probably a bit too expensive for us. So we chose the bus option. Um and look the bus worked out really well. The only issue was the buses don't go that often like a train does. So I think when we got to Heathrow we had to wait 3 hours for the bus. Oh. And then um uh, and, and and then the bus is longer, you know, the travel yeah, time is longer. longer than the train too. Yeah. So door to door from our home to our accommodation Bath was 33 hours. Um, whereas, you you know, the flight's about 24 to London. So if we'd stayed in London, it might have been about 25. So that that was an absolute killer. And in hindsight, I think maybe we should have changed our plan around and stayed in London because um, I was quite sick too. I was a little bit sick before we left. I got quite sick on the plane. So oh, by the yeah. time I got to Bath, I was cactus. But anyway, um, we got to Bath. We had a few days in Bath. Another piece of advice I have picked up along the way from, you know, travel planners, I'm not sure if this was you or someone else um, a few years back, was, you know, try not to make first day totally packed and crazy when you're coming off a big 30-hour travel experience. So I often do like a small group bus tour or something like that on the yeah, first one yeah because that way you don't have to think about it. And I don't generally like big bus tours but small ones I find quite manageable. So, uh, yeah, we did uh, Mad Max tours it was called. So they're just a small bus and that was really fabulous because that took us to Stonehenge and, um and that was interesting itself because Stonehenge is one of those things I'd thought, "Oh, if I'm in the vicinity. I probably should do it." But I wasn't jumping out of my skin to do it. But it was fabulous, and I really, we both really enjoyed it.
0: I'm so glad that you say that because yeah. quite often we get a lot yeah. of British people who say, "Oh, I don't bother going to Stonehenge. They're just a lot of yeah." And, like, I've seen and that. to be honest, I get a little bit cross. I'm like, "Excuse yeah. me, like uh, you know." A long, long, long time ago before you were born, yeah. somebody was moving yeah. stones from Wales yeah. all the way to Salisbury Place. You know, maybe we should have a little bit of kind of, I don't know, yeah. thought
1: about I've seen a lot of those big beat-ups on Stonehenge and it wasn't, I was like, oh, well, there's stones whooped up, But it was actually, they're so much bigger than I thought and just so much more impressive than I thought and the stories behind it and the kind of mystery about, well, what's all this about? Like, you know. Um, I really found it quite fascinating. So yeah, so with that that day bus trip went from Stonehenge to Avebury, um, oh. which I really loved that too, and not just the stones, but just the little village and everything about yeah. there. I really loved that. Um, so that was good, and then and, it went to.
0: Sorry, and, so I was just going to say, Avebury is really. I love Avebury as well, and because you can yeah. walk up to the stones, you can touch the stones in Avebury. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, so it was a kind of different experience from Stonehenge. But the yeah. advantage of the fact that you took that that tour is that because otherwise you do need a, really a car, or you're gonna have to get do a tour to be able to go Stonehenge. You can get to yeah. by train from yeah. Bath. Yeah. you want to do Avery, either have to do the tour yeah. or the, or, a, or have a car.
1: Yeah, and look, we would have been um, too tired that first day to be navigating transport and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and so then just then just you know briefly then after Avery, we went to two of the lower Cotswolds villages, Castlecombe um Oh, one of the other ones. Lake it's got. Uh, uh, yeah, late Yeah, that's right. We went Yes, it was. Yeah. So that was that was a really good day. So yeah, and then the next day in Bath we just, you know, did our own thing. So hit most of the main tourist attractions. I think that day it was my Australian birthday. So huh? later in the day it wasn't yet in England at the time hadn't clicked over. So we went to the pump rooms late in the afternoon for
0: yeah.
1: afternoon tea and that was fabulous. But we'd done all, all the, you know, the what do you call it? Bath Abbey and that sort of stuff first. So that was really good. So yeah, we'd had the couple of days in Bath and we really loved Bath, loved the architecture, loved that it was a bit smaller, loved that we could get around on our own. So then from yeah. Bath we picked up a car and we drove down to Cornwall. So we went from Bath to St. Michael's Mount just in the one day. And we wanted to be there by 115 because of the tide times. So we knew wow. we were going, but we got there and we managed to get a boat across to the mountain, walk back. And we actually decided to stay in that village. Which some people oh, pronounce okay. Marazion and some call it Marazion. Yeah. So I don't know. It depends who you talk to. We stayed in that village and we stayed in Airbnb there, but it actually overlooked the mount. So it was kind of like almost a little artist studio or something like that that overlooked the mount. So that was fabulous because every time we were at home, we could see the mount. So we kind of saw the sunrises just above there, I think, or sunset or something or other anyway. So that yeah. was really fabulous. And, um, so then the next day we, um, we were travelling around that sort of southern bit of Cornwall in our car, yep. um, so we had no issues driving down to um, Marazion. But driving around Cornwall, that was an interesting experience. And everyone had told us that, but look, we probably did underestimate it a little bit. And so we had all these places that we thought we were going to see, but look, the driving was much slower than what yep. we expected. And <laughs> but everyone had told us. You told me that. Um, but it yep. wasn't just the driving, yep. it was the parking. And you had also said that. I remember yep. you saying on one of your trips you had to miss out on all totally because you couldn't get a park. Yep. And we just found the parking such a pain as far as, but, you know, that's how it is. So we've, you know, got to get on with it and not whinge too much. But, um, you, you know, like having to find a car park, pay for a car park, and often the car parks, aren't, they're not necessarily right in the middle of town. And I mean, they're not way out, but then you know. So then, it's a bit of a walk in, and we were kind of lucky that first week that the weather was like fabulous, but it was kind of around about thirty degrees Celsius and very humid. So it just those little walks when you're out, you know, you're outside town, you've got to walk in. They were quite taxing, so we ended up not seeing everything that we thought we'd see. Like we ended up not going as far as Lands End. I right. think that probably one of the reasons we didn't see everything was we. We went to St. Ives and we took your recommendation of going to St. Earth Station and catching the train. And we sat on the right side, was it the right side of the train? Yeah, and the view yeah, yeah. is just spectacular. We got to St. Ives. Well, I fell in love with it because I, I love beaches and um, the beach there, right near the train station. It's just beautiful, and um, and it was a beautiful sunny day, and so we went down there and spent quite a lot of time at the beach. We saw the bathing boxes, you know, they have some coloured yes. little there yes. that people. I had a chat to a lady that had, you know, she had one of those, and you know, she told us all about that. And so we spent ages at the beach, and I was disappointed I didn't bring my togs or swimmers, as other people would call them, um, no. because I couldn't swim. But I hitched all my clothes up and went in the water. So we went there, and then we kind of walked into town, and I went to the fish and chip shop that you recommend in the middle there near the harbour yeah and that was yeah. fabulous fishing and chips and the best fish and chips we had the whole trip actually and uh, so we did that so we spent a heap of time in St Ives so we ended up dropping off some of those places that are a bit lower down in Cornwall and also we yeah. knew that that night we were going back to the Manac Theatre which is yes. something I'd highly recommend so we actually saw a show we saw a Vita at Manac Theatre and that was um wonderful so I'd highly recommend that people do that as long as you're okay with the driving because the driving to get there's not for the faint-hearted and you got to bear in mind it's night driving as well so you're on those skinny little roads yeah. at night time you'd yeah. know, be driving down there if I was on oh well, I didn't drive anyway and my husband yeah. did the whole lot of it because he <laughs> loves driving yeah. I, I would I don't I would have found it a bit scary to be on those small roads um, and also, you know, like everyone talks about, we had experiences. You're driving down, and the next minute, there's a truck coming towards you, or a tractor, and you know, all of that sort of stuff. I'd read this about Scotland and England. You know, some of the the visitors and the tourists just not knowing how to drive in those places and we saw that a lot actually particularly in Scotland where people didn't kind of know to pull over into the pullover bays and or they were going too fast for the row yeah so after Cornwall we went up to the Cotswolds and it was just as picturesque as everybody tells you that it is and uh, it probably surpassed my expectations it was amazing so we went to lots of the villages there and one thing I did there that was probably different from Cornwall um you know I sort of had a, an itinerary for the Cotswolds but With each thing, I kind of put down what, what would be a good thing to see in this village. And so that was kind of good because we'd get to, you know, Snow's Hill and it's like, well, I want to see this, this and this or get a photo of these things. So that kind of helped. And also in the Cotswolds before we got there, um, with the parking, John would drive, I'd Google, you know, where to park in, um, wherever you were and yeah. i found that helpful because there are a few places where it was like oh you can park in this shopping center for free for two hours or oh you can park on this road and it might be just a bit behind me so i don't think we pay for parking at all there and also we left very early that morning so when we got to the slaughters for example but well, there was no one out and about it was like those two little villages were our villages so i think yeah. that's a good tip to go early
0: yeah. That's really good. I Either go early or go later on in the day. Yeah. And um, actually the first day
1: we got to the Cotswolds, we went to a couple of them late in the day. and that's Yeah. Good.
0: That tends to be better because there are times that if you go in the middle of the day, a lot of the coaches are yeah. there trying to get parked. Some days can be really difficult. But yeah. if you go later on, I think Doug and I went to Bybury at about half past seven. One, and easy to park and walk around it literally there was just us and another couple which you know and you go in the yeah. day and you just can't get parked or, or walk yeah, around is you know,
1: Bybury the one with arlington road Yes, yeah. yeah so we went to bybury late in the day too on the way to the cotswolds but probably only about 5 30 so i've got yeah. photos of like just me and john not other people in the photos because there was no one much there and but i've seen other people's photos where there's 50 people in there because there's yeah. so many people near that arlington road yeah, so from the Cotswolds, which we had a fabulous time at, we then drove to Bristol Airport, caught a plane to Dublin. We did one day in Dublin. Uh, look, I didn't mind Dublin, but it wasn't like rave-worthy like some of the other places. Then we jumped on a bus tour. and Look, we only did that because Dublin was a late addition, oh, Ireland was a late addition, and we, I just didn't feel I had it in me to meticulously planned all of Ireland as well as England and Scotland. So we're pretty dubious about the bus tour. We've never done one before, but we actually really loved it. I think we've really lucked out on the driver. He was a young guy who was just hilarious and uh, very informative in that too. And also I found the Irish people, I didn't know a lot about them, they were so funny and they just had this really great sense of humour, sarcasm, um, yeah. not, not unlike a lot of Australians. Yeah, So yeah. just felt so comfortable in Ireland particularly. I mean, we found the English people very polite and helpful and friendly but the Irish people were just did a crack up. They were quite hilarious. And so that tr- bus trip went up into Northern Ireland. Yep which, again, I found fascinating because I didn't know a whole heap about the Troubles, so that was good, and then round the coastline of Ireland pretty much, and it was very scenic. Um, And, yeah, I I knew Ireland was scenic, but probably not as scenic as what it was. So, yeah, so that's Ireland in a nutshell. And then we skipped over to Edinburgh which, again, really loved Edinburgh. It did rain both days were in Edinburgh, and, I mean, that's what the weather's like there, so you can't complain about it. But, uh, you know, I'd seen – actually, the day we left, it was bright blue skies, and <laughs> it's beautiful. I was like, oh, I wish I'd seen it in with the bright blue skies, But so we'll have to go back and try our luck. But, like I said, we got quite adept at just raincoats on, raincoats off, that sort of thing, dressing in layers, as everyone said, because the weather, particularly from Ireland – not, oh, but a couple of days in Ireland, but particularly in Scotland, it was just so changeable. And,
0: oh, you know, yeah.
1: So that's where the layers and always having your own come with you.
0: I'll often say uh, last last year, year past May I was in Edinburgh and we arrived on a Sunday and it was – beautiful blue sky hot and this is a yeah. middle of May yeah. I actually got sunburned slightly sunburned yeah. the next day I'm covered head to foot in winter weather gear raincoat yeah. and my face picking out because it was so cold and it was pouring down the rain and that that's between a space yeah. of like 12 hours it was crazy
1: yeah. it is isn't it and I've heard people say that but until I experienced it I was like oh what you know so it was hard to know how to dress though some days because it was just like Oh, it's a hot day today, but two hours later it's freezing cold, and you've got like <laughs> I had like two puffer jackets on at one point. Oh, uh, one of them was a vest, but you know, like that. So that was tricky, but we got used to it, and that was fine. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so we did, you know, did the main winter Edinburgh, I saw most of the main tourist attractions. Then we hired a car and we sort of set out through Stirling into the highlands. And again, we we loved that, like that was amazing. Um, it was so good. Um, probably Fort William. We really liked Fort William. We liked the driving because you were driving just in between locks all the time, and there was all this water. And I think because it had been raining, it kind of added to the um, just the mood. And driving through that Glencoe area, it, oh. like it was absolutely raining, raining, and blowing a gale that day. And every few kilometres, I'd say to John, "Stop! I've just got to get out and get a photo." So I'm in the pouring rain getting photos, but we love yeah, we love drive the drive. We love Fort William. The place oh, said- Fort William was magical
0: yeah it's a fabulous um it's a fabulous drive that's yeah. it's one, probably one of my favorite in the world to be honest i could yeah. i could do that that kind of loop round i don't know yeah. I just in, in it ad infinitum because it's so gorgeous
1: oh yeah like it was beautiful and it was like I could stop every one minute to take it was just stunning and I took yeah. five thousand photos out the windows of cars which probably four and a half thousand of them didn't work <laughs> <laughs> so that would be a tip maybe don't waste your time doing that But it, because it was just so beautiful and to capture it So then after, while we're in Fort William, we did the Jacobite train, which we loved. Unfortunately, on the way out, it was pouring rain because you couldn't see a lot, but on the way back, it had fined up. So that was really good. And we really enjoyed that experience. And it was kind of a down day, down as in rest day for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because we'd been going 100 to the dozen for, you know, a couple of weeks by then. So that was really good. And then you went over to Sky. Yeah, and then we went to Skye and Sky's just as amazing as everyone said. We loved all that and, you know, we did some of the walks and, and the best thing about Sky for us, the accommodation was actually great. We stayed in B&B but um, I think we were in Scotland for nine days and it rained quite a lot for seven of them. There were two fine days and one of them was our main day in Skye which was when we went to the Old Manor store and, uh, like, that's what we had planned. So it just happened to coincide oh. that we got this bright, beautiful blue day on the day when we were going to be trying to do a lot of that outdoor um, hiking stuff. So that was just so fabulous that it worked out like that. So, yeah, Uh, so a few days in Sky, um, and then we headed back, um, you know, to the mainland and, um, this bit was really interesting Uh, my husband our surname's munro so that's a scottish clan you know so way back he's got some connection to the scottish clan and they've got a castle it's quite old phallus castle it's called and it had been rebuilt in the 1700s after it'd been burnt down so it's more like a stately home now but it's still got the walls and the tower and so I sort of said to him oh we've got to go there and he wasn't super keen but anyway and then I realized it was an Airbnb so we actually got to stay there for a few days and we met the people that live in the castle and like there's sort of two generations still there and you know we had a tour through that and just learned a lot of that clan history and like we're probably not big into history but like we were fascinated you know there's a I think there's a Munray clan gathering in two years time and my husband's like oh we should go back for it and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he got right into it and oh, um that's so, really cool. so that you. was really cool actually doing that yeah. and um, yeah so from there we headed back to Inverness um caught a train to York which loved York like it's it's really compact so it's easy to get around and then to London and we did six days in London
0: so, yeah. so what did you do in London let's chat through London's
1: London London uh yeah. well uh, in London um oh we did a lot of the royal type stuff so you know changing of the guard um Buckingham Palace, I oh, couldn't go into it, it was shut now. I've I've been there before. Westminster Abbey, St Paul's Cathedral, a lot of that sort of stuff. We did that, you've got a loop, you sort of talk about a bit um, in that area near the Tower of London, yeah. the bridge, the Borough yeah. Markets. um Yeah, we love the Tower of London. I've been before, but I kind of probably liked it even better this time. And we'd learned about St Dunstan's in the east probably from you and your side of the podcast or something. So we'd gotten there quite early for the Tower of London because we knew, again, from your sites that if you go into the Tower of London, get there a bit earlier, you know, go in first, see the Crown Jewels first. But we'd got there about 45, 50 minutes early. So instead of doing St Dunstan's in the east after we did it early, like prior to the, um, and that was really, oh, it's just beautiful, isn't it? And it's just such an oasis in the middle of such a busy, bustling city. So we did that. Um, Yeah, oh, we did heaps of stuff there. We uh, we had tickets for the Sky Garden, but we had a couple of train strikes and that when we were in London, and so one of the train strikes was planned for the day we are meant to go to the Sky Garden, and we thought, oh, it's going to be pretty tricky to get down there, and it was our last day. So we, we approached them at the Sky Garden the day before when we were in that area and said, oh, you know, can we come in early? And they said no. So we ended up going up to I think it's 120 yeah, finish, yeah. which is another tall building that's got a Sky Garden, but nowhere near as tall. So we got a view from there. Um, and then later that day we went to St Paul's Cathedral as part of that loop. And so we climbed the whole way to the top, which was really cool. fabulous. I was pretty proud of myself. <laughs> and the other highlight for we love theatre. So going to the theatre was a big highlight. And... Um, we tried to see shows that we couldn't see here, although we did see Harry Potter, but and that's been in Australia for a couple of years. I just haven't been able to get to Melbourne to see it. But we saw yeah. Back to the Future, which has not been to Australia yet. I would highly, highly recommend that. It was so much fun. Um, it was a great script, great songs, but it was a lot of fun too and some good special effects. So, yeah, I'd say see Back to the Future if, you, if you're there. And we stayed in Covent Garden, which we'd taken that advice from you, and... Um, staying in Covent Garden I meant you just had such great access to theatres and that sort of thing
0: Yeah, you've talked a little bit about some of the accommodation options that you chose so obviously yeah. you stayed yeah. in some airbnbs some hotels. Yeah. yeah
1: so we stayed in a range of places we stayed in hotels which was nice because you know they make the bed for you and that sort of thing and uh, we stayed in a few airbnbs and we made sure um they always had washing machines so that gave us a couple of opportunities to wash wash which was really great and also we could heat up um some food because you you do get a little bit sick of eating out every single meal um and interestingly i know you've spoken about some supermarkets before but we found particularly in scotland we went to aldi and the meals at aldi were amazing they were so fresh and just really yummy meals so we loved that they had that they weren't frozen but they were pre-prepared and i wish they did that here because i probably wouldn't need to cook
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, I, i'd be down there as well doing exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> That's right. so that was quite good um and we, we stayed
1: in some bed and breakfast too look the bit the Bs they were probably our favorite in that they were so lovely and great breakfasts. and so there was a B in um, borton on the water that we stayed at called Halford house which i'd highly recommend and one up in Portree called rockview again i'd highly recommend it um Oh, and then the one in um, Myrtle's guest house, which I know is from your you've got that as one of your recommendations. Yeah. That, um uh, Fort William. That that was amazing there too.
0: brilliant
1: Yeah, she's also got an Airbnb out the back um of the guest house, a couple of them that are double story apartments, which are just stunning because we ended up staying in one because we Oh, there was a water overflow problem with the toilet um, wow. where we were staying, um, which was fine, and she sorted out. But and and we helped her a bit with that. So she said, oh, "I want to put you up in these other accommodations." So that would be something to look out for because they were beautiful. We wow. felt really pampered there. Well,
0: yeah. I'll get the names off you, uh, and I'll put links into those yeah. in the show notes as well. So tell me about some of the food that you enjoyed in the UK, then, Tanya.
1: Well, one thing I absolutely loved, and it's a bit embarrassing to say this, is I love the Yorkie bar in England. Uh, so it's chocolate bar, and it's quite sweet, and I really love them. Um, so um, I bought a few of those home with me. Although I've googled, I think you can find them a bit in Australia, so we'll see. And I shouldn't have too many of them anyway, so maybe I'll wait till I go back to England. But look, we loved um, the Sunday roasts; like they were fabulous with the Yorkshire pudding. And I mean, probably depending on the pub, that they were always good, but the quality did. Um, maybe, you know, it's different depending on the pub. went to the Lamb and Fig in Covent Garden, which is I think a quite a very, an old pub, and it was fabulous there. Um, we... Um uh, in Edinburgh, we went to a place called Queen's Cafe, which had a Scottish breakfast, which was, which was just amazing, and we surprised ourselves in Scotland. My husband had said he wasn't even tasting haggis, but he did, and we actually both really liked haggis, and we went to the Makers Mash Bar, too, that you'd recommended and yeah. had the haggis there, but, of course, they have other stuff with it there, um, which was great, and we really enjoyed it, but, uh, but we also had just straight-up haggis without all the additional flavourings and that. We liked it. didn't go in for the blood sausage, sausage though, and we love the scones. So Who doesn't love scones? So, oh, yeah, we um, every opportunity we got, we had scones and we had a couple oh. of teas, So, and um, the clotted cream, I've actually looked up a recipe of how, how do you do it's clotted cream because we don't have that. Um, when you go to get scones here, so um, I've looked at yeah, it, up, I, can. I can make my own.
0: Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I don't know. I just I'm just so used to having it when I'm over there. I don't I don't think anything of it. And then I think in like in North America they they're not allowed to have it. I think it's. Um, I, oh, I think yeah. it's banned. Yeah, it's banned. In, oh, I, I wonder stronger.
1: if it because when I looked it up, it's like um, it looks like you bake the cream at a really low temperature in the oven for quite a few hours. So I wonder. Uh, so
0: maybe I something.
1: don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I'll give it a try. I'll invite you over one day, Tracy, and you can have oh, jam and clotted cream with me. On the sounds story. good. That sounds
0: good, Tanya. Yeah. So packing. Obviously, you were packing for for five weeks. So how did you get yeah. on with that? Is there anything you think, or oh, I shouldn't uh-huh. have taken with me, or is there something you thought I wish I'd had taken? Look, we had way
1: too much stuff, as everyone says, because our bags were quite heavy and also I didn't have room for souvenirs, which really irked me, but I knew that before I left. And, look, I'd thrown in, because I'd been watching the weather, as you suggest, leading up to the trip, I knew that it was quite hot down the south of England, so I'd thrown in a couple of extra summer outfits. Um, Yeah, look, there wasn't a whole heap You know what, I probably didn't need as much like thermals and underwear as what I took because like the underwear you wash it, you know, we washed it pretty much every day. Um And I'd taken a set of boots, which I often do when I go away, but I didn't actually really wear them much. I had two pairs of sand shoes and one of them were waterproof, so I wore them a lot. And I took a pair of like slides, more summery shoes. So probably not boots. Um yeah, but apart from that, maybe a few less shirts and things, so a couple of less outfits. But I didn't. Most stuff I did actually use. My husband, he said he he's probably more likely to rewear his clothes much more than I do. So he felt he had too much. I wore every I single thing in my bag, but I probably didn't need to wear some of them. So I, yeah, I need to revisit that next time I go. Was
0: there anything that surprised you about your trip to the UK? I know you've been before, but was there anything this time you kind of went, "Wow, I didn't expect that."
1: Oh, you know, one thing that surprised me, which people probably laugh at, the dogs, like we're dog people. It's dogs everywhere. People take their dog everywhere with them. We loved it. We, my husband probably had more conversations with dogs or people about their dogs than anything else because it seemed like our, our dog that we've got here is a spoodle. In England, they call them cockapoos. And that seems to be one of them premium, premium sort of brand of dog. And so we'd go and talk to all these dog owners. Um, so yeah, we love that. That was a big, um, surprise to us also um the roads in Cornwall even though everyone had told us about them they were kind of next level (laughs) they also were up the top of Sky. we went to the lighthouse at Sky, um and the roads up there were pretty crazy but like I said my husband likes driving so he was like a rally car driver on those roads he had a great time with it but I I don't (laughs) think I could have driven those you know I could drive like the motorways and that sort of thing but some of those real skinny ones you know um yeah, the beaches in Cornwall, um, like over particularly St Ives, that really surprised me because I, I love the beaches in Australia and around where we live here. Um, so and I've always kind of considered, oh, that you know, Australia's got almost the best beaches in the world and I probably wasn't expecting a couple of those really beautiful beaches. So that surprised us. I was I was surprised by the weather as we've discussed. I'd heard all about the changeable weather and all the rest of it, but until I'd actually lived it. Yeah, so um, yeah, so they were quite. A- I was surprised by Ireland just generally too, how much fun Ireland was and the people, oh, yeah. and just the not you know going to the pubs and then at night was so much fun. So yeah, there was lots and lots of things. Oh, the cost you- I said to you before the thing, just the cost too. The Australian dollars probably not doing that well against the pound, so sometimes things were more than double. And I and I knew it was much more expensive over there, but it was probably more expensive again than what I yeah. Think.
0: I think as every time I go back, I think it's got more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, and as you say, the Australian dollar is not, not particularly brilliant at the moment either, so it's always a bit of a oh, when you pay for something, yeah. you go, How much
1: would yeah, that be? Well, so we didn't buy many <laughs> souvenirs and things, like, we didn't buy many sizable souvenirs or anything. Large, I mean, we couldn't fit them in our luggage, but largely, too, just that exchange rate um, just wasn't great. But in saying that, this week, I've, since I've been home, I ordered a China teacup from one of the palaces because I like to do that when I go, and I paid a ridiculous amount of money for it for it but i like them so i did
0: yeah yeah no no so is there anything that you plan to do differently next time you visit maybe try and start in edinburgh do london in the
1: middle have some downtime um maybe in the middle like actually schedule a holiday like a beach holiday or something where you're not sightseeing at all and you can read a book
0: yeah because you had 35 days which is a long time so in that time really it it is pretty full on and i know you you flew back via singapore and spent a couple of days there didn't you having a Yeah, chill out by the pool.
1: Yeah, and look, I would do that though. Um, We actually found the flight from Australia quite difficult this time, just the length of it, and it's so uncomfortable. So we've said every time we travel to that side of the world, we're going to break the flight both ways. We don't care what country it is or where it is, but we'll always break it and have at least one night, hopefully.
0: No, it's a good idea. I mean, we've done that. We've broken it up in Hong Kong, in Singapore, in Dubai, and it just makes such a difference. This is the first time
1: we've ever broken a trip, and it was the best thing.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. So I'm going to end the podcast with a question that asks absolutely everybody who comes on the podcast. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay, so Tanya, what is the one tip you would give to anyone planning a trip to the UK for the first time?
1: Oh, look, I'd just say research, 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 talk to, you know, use your Facebook page, your podcast website, talk to anyone that you can talk to who's been there and get their opinions. Um, yeah, so get all your research. And and then I really thought it was very good. We had it planned very well from the research. It was planned very well. Every day we had planned, but it's important, and you say this, I know, You've got to be flexible in your planning. Look, we had train strikes and bad weather and some days we just couldn't do all those 50 things I had planned. Um, I know you say not to overplan and we probably did over plan a bit, but what I, I'd, I'd, with the plan, I'd, um, prior to leaving, I'd gone through and highlighted just two things that were must do's that day. So if we were too tired or something happened and we couldn't do the other few, that was okay. Um, so you have research is my key point. Plan well from the research, but be flexible in your plan.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a really, really good tip. And it's something that we do suggest. I love actually that idea of what you said about highlighting a couple of must do's in a day, because I think sometimes you might you have in your head, I'm going to do these five or six things, particularly in London. And then and then they get disappointed when they can't do all of them. But actually, you're best off going, well, you know, if I could do these two things, then I'll be happy at the end of the day. And yeah. the others are kind of a bonus.
1: Yeah, they you
0: know. exactly right. So, um, yeah, so that's why I found
1: it important. And look, I think being a teacher, um, that that's probably part of that planning. I know when I used to teach little kids years ago, you don't want them not to be busy. So you'd plan yeah. heaps, but then maybe only do half. And um, so I think that's quite natural to me to yeah. plan a lot, but don't do it all. Yeah,
0: no, it's really good. Well, thanks so much, Tanya, for coming on the podcast. It's been fantastic talking yeah. to you. Um, it's lovely to have an Aussie on as well. So um hopefully we get some more, more Aussies coming on, on. Um yep. to ch- obviously it's slightly different when you travel from this side of the world because it's a it's a heck of a longer way to go. Certainly is. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to yeah, you've got to when you when you go over there, kinda of make the most of that um of the time that you've got there because it takes you such a long time to get there and back. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So thanks again, Tanya. It's been fantastic talking to you. Yeah. Thank you, had a great time, thank you Thanks once again to Tanya for agreeing to come onto the podcast, it was great to talk to her about her fantastic trip You can find all the information about the places that Tanya visited in the show notes for this episode which are at UKTravelPlanet.com forward slash episode 82 um, All I can say until next week's episode which if you are arriving into one of the London airports you might want to tune into because you're going to be talking to Riz of x for cars about his transfer service into London Um, and uh, I'm sure that's going to be a really interesting episode I know when I arrive into um, Heathrow or into any airport actually around the world I always want to have a driver pick me up and whisk me at my hotel I find it so less stressful when I'm flying having to even consider when I arrive what I'm going to do so that'll be next week so until then I just want to wish you all happy UK travel planning